Now, you got your Bibles with you this morning? If you have your Bibles, I appreciate you turning to two passages of Scripture, Deuteronomy 28 and then Matthew chapter 7. That'll get us going. Deuteronomy 28 and Matthew 7. I started last Sunday uh, a message called Blessed. How many of you like being blessed? Amen. We're going to keep talking about that. Learning to live beneath the banner of God's blessing. When I look at God and I look at his word and how he loves his kids and he loves us, when he created humanity and when he created Adam and Eve, you know what he did? The Bible says this is what he did. He said he blessed them. He wanted to bless them. Could I tell you that the nature of God is to bless you in, in a phenomenal way? In fact, it says he blessed them and he, and he gave them authority over all the fishes of the sea. And he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and just take, uh, take uh, the kingdom of God and, and enjoy the blessings of God. And that's what God desires to do with us. He wants us to get back under, if you will, the banner of his blessing over our life. And, and so uh, that's what we're talking about for the next few Sunday mornings. Uh, in fact, Deuteronomy 28, this is kind of our keynote verse that I want you to just embrace and, and read and study and apply all month long. Uh, let me just read it to you today. We've got plenty of time, I hope. It says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commands, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Now catch this. Let me just go back and say verse one, uh, and I'll rehearse it again. But this blessing, these blessings are made manifest to those who diligently obey the voice of the Lord and, and those who observe carefully all his commandments. Here it is. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds and the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall you be, be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. How many of you know that's a manner of blessing? He goes on to say, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face and they shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. And the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and, and in all which you set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the the Lord and shall be afraid of you and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods and the fruit of your body and in the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your ground and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you the Lord will open to you his good treasure the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand and you shall lend to many nations but you shall not borrow and the Lord will make you the head not the tail you shall be above and not beneath and the Lord your God which I command you today and are, and are careful to observe them, so shall so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods and serve them. And someone say, Amen. 
Now, if you want to get the balance of this, and I encourage you, uh, just keep reading because it talks about the consequences of not of following after uh, the, the voice of the Lord and obeying the voice of the Lord. But hey, we see the heart of God. He wants to bless us. He wants, to, uh, he wants His banner of blessing to be made manifest in our life. And this is what I told you uh, last week. I said living under the banner of the blessing of God has a whole lot to do with learning to live in an attitude of sensitivity and obedience to the voice of God. He really does want to bless us, but we've got to listen to his voice and we've got to follow after his word and just and live underneath that banner of his blessing. But we've got to hear what he has to say. And that's what we talked about last week is about hearing the voice of God. Listen, God still speaks to his kids. There's nothing wrong with God's mouth. The problem is on the other end of the conversation, right? God's wanting to speak to us, but the problem is, and historically has been, and I gave you two scriptures last week. I would encourage you to continue to, to embrace them. Ezekiel 12, 2 kind of reveals the problem. He says, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see, but do not see, and ears to hear, but does not hear, for they're a rebellious house. How many of you know rebellion will move you out from under the blessing of God? Because you won't be able to hear the voice of God. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. They rebelled against the directive of God. They were living beneath the banner of God's blessing and sin entered in and it moved them out from under the blessing of God. And they began to have to work by the sweat of the brow. Ho, 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 ho. You see, the reason you have to go to work and sweat and toil today is because of sin. Ah, uh, well, I don't know. Well, according to Adam and Eve, they, were just, they had it made until sin came along because they rebelled against the word of the Lord. And then Isaiah 48, I gave this to you last week. Hey, go back and read it. This is the good news Bible. I love this. The holy God of Israel, the Lord who saves you, says, I am the Lord your God, the one who wants to teach you for your own good and direct you in the way you should go. If only you had listened to my commands, then what... and. and then he said, then blessings would have flowed for you like a stream that never goes dry. Victory would have come to you like the waves that roll on the shore. In other words, if, if you had listened and obeyed, blessings would have flowed to you like a river that never runs dry. How many of you like to get back in that flow? About half of them, Beverly. Let me try again. I guess the rest of you want to go back to Deuteronomy 28 and read about the curses. Let's, let's start over because this is group participation. You know, you're ensnared by the words of your mouth and also ensnared by the lack of the words of your mouth. Here we go. Let me try this again. How many of you like to get back in that, back in that flow where the blessings of God flow to you like a stream that never runs dry? And where victory comes to you like the waves that roll on the shore. Whoo. Anybody been to the beach this past few weeks? Laurie, I think she's born on the beach. Where's Laurie? She's at the beach. Man, when you go to the beach, those, those waves, that's victory rolling in. He said, that's the way it'll be for you in your life if you listen to the command of God and begin to obey the command of God in your life. And so, hey, living under the banner of the, of the blessings of God in your life has to do with getting back 
into a place of right relationship with God and learning to deal. And we talked about this. You got to deal with the rebel on the inside of you. We got to submit ourselves to the governance of God and decide on the ruler within us. Hey, he's in charge of my life. I'm going to follow after him. And when you begin to deal with the rebel on the inside and you begin to deal with the ruler on the inside and say, I'm not in charge. He's in charge. Guess what? You begin to learn what's necessary to get you back under the banner of the blessings of God in your life. And last Sunday, we talked about this. We talked about learning to listen to the voice of God. Some people never get this. The children of Israel never got it. That's why the prophet had to come and said, if only you'd listen. Parents, you ever said that to your kids? Ay, ay, ay. If only you'd listen to the voice of the Lord your God. If only you'd listen to your parents. If, if you'd listen to, to, to wise counsel, you wouldn't be in the pickle you're in. And so last week we talked about learning to listen. And God speaks to us in a number of ways. The first one is the voice of his word. Amen. How many of you know today? You know what? In fact, I, I believe that every time I pick this up, God's go, God wants to speak to me. It's the voice of his word. Number two is the voice of his spirit. The Bible says his spirit speaks to us on the inside. I've heard the voice of the spirit of God speaking to me, saying to me, as the prophet Isaiah said, saying, this is the way, go ye in it. And then the voice of his servants. You know, God will speak, if he can speak through a donkey, he can speak through Pastor Sam, amen? Or better yet, your spouse, or even a stranger, or sometimes your children. God, and we've got to open ourselves up to hear the voice of God. Not only just to hear it, but with the intent of obeying the voice of God. And that's where we're going to jump in this morning. Because uh, where I was last week, I didn't get where I wanted to go. So I'll just keep going and we'll get where we want to go. And the next thought we need to take and and begin to embrace today as we learn to listen to the voice of God. We also got to, we, we must learn to obey the voice of God. Amen. Everyone say obedience is better than sacrifice. We've got to come to the place where we live a lifestyle, if you will, of obedience to God. And that's where Matthew 7 comes in. I want you to turn over there. Interesting thought about Matthew 7. Uh, in fact, could anybody tell me what, 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 it, what Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is called? Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes are at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And the story is this. This is first, Jesus' first recorded message. And it's a doozy. Everybody say, it's a doozy. And it's a, it's a doozy. And, and really, he's addressing the disciples. I don't have time to validate. He's not, the masses are there, but he's talking to his disciples. And so the masses have the joy of listening to Jesus' first recorded message called the, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And they're all listening and he, and man, there's a lot in there. And it begins with the Beatitudes. Blessed. Everyone say, blessed. So it's amazing that Jesus' first recorded message has to do with getting back under the banner of the blessings of God over your life. But then it concludes with this illustration. And how many of you know the conclusion, it's like the final hook set. It's like, okay, I'm going to melt it all down. It's application time. All the things I've said in my first recorded message, here they are. This is what you've got to get if you're going to be a disciple. In fact, the, the, the theme of this Sermon on the Mount is the lifestyle of discipleship. And so here, he's coming to his conclusion. He's not winding down. He's, man, he's finishing strong. And he says, therefore. And you know what? The therefore is therefore. 
You go back and see what the therefore is there for. And he's talking about discipleship and the lifestyle of discipleship and how to live under the banner of God's blessing. He says, therefore, I'm going to conclude, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does what? Does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded upon the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Sermon over. No invitation. No singing nine choruses of just as I am. He came in strong at the end and said, listen to me carefully, young disciples, you who want to follow me, you who want to get back under the banner of God's blessing on your life, if you hear what I'm saying and you do them, you begin to obey them, guess what? You'll be stable, you'll be blessed, you'll live under the banner of God's blessing, but if you hear it and do not obey it, you will be foolish. And the storms of life will come and you will not stand because you did not build your life on the foundation of hearing God's word and then obeying God's word. Man, what a conclusion. And great will be its fall. Man. And so we see that this lifestyle of obedience so the voice of God is so important that we've got to learn to listen, but it's got to be with the understanding of obeying the voice of God. And let me break it down for you. Somebody say, break it down, Pastor. Let me break it down for you in a way that maybe you can chew it and digest it. I'm going to give you three thoughts about living a lifestyle of obedience to God. Number one, it requires continual trusting. A, a lifestyle of trusting God. You see... You can obey him if you trust him, right? If you don't trust someone, it's hard to obey what they have to say. But if you trust them, if you, if you build a lifestyle of trust, and let me just say this, you can trust him. Now, here's, I've been wanting to say this for three weeks, and I, and I haven't done it yet. I'm going to say it right now. You, you know one of the biggest fears Christians have? It is, it's not the devil. You, you want to know one of the biggest fears Christians have when it comes to serving God? It's not the devil. One of the biggest fears is the fear of a heavenly directive to tell you to do something that you do not want to do. How many of you have ever heard this? Oh, you got to be careful, man. He'll, he'll send you to, he'll make you a missionary to Africa. You got to be careful. And the, one of the biggest fears people have in obeying God, what's he going to tell me to do? I don't want to do some things in life. I just don't want to do. Could I tell you, let me ask you as a parent, have you ever commanded your kids to do anything that's going to hurt them? No, it's all because you want love them and want to bless them and move them into the place. But it's amazing to me that one of the biggest fears that Christians have is a trust factor. And that's what Ray was saying. There's a trust factor issue. And listen to me. If you're going to live under the banner of God's blessing, you've got to come to the place where you trust Him. Amen? I love what 
In fact, most of you know Proverbs 3 is one of my favorite verses when it comes to trusting God. This is what uh, the proverb, uh, Proverbs 3 says, and it talks about obeying the voice of God and, and, and you'll find favor and, 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 and embracing the command of God, writing them on your, on your tablet and upon your heart. And then he says, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That word, that phrase direct your paths means that he will make your path smooth and straight. And then he goes, honor the Lord with your possessions. Don't fear and all those wonderful things. But hey, if we trust him and if you're going to obey him, you've got to build a lifestyle of trust. Now, most of you know that from time to time, I love to bring up the old hymns because we don't sing them much. But one of the ones I remember as a, as a child was trust and obey. Did you know trust and obey are like twin brothers or twin sisters? Because you can't trust without obeying. You can't obey without trusting. Listen to these lyrics. Lord, help us get back to some lyrics that make sense. Some of it, I don't, it doesn't make sense. Sounds good, but it doesn't make much sense. I'm just. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. And the chorus, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus that's blessed. Remember the definition? To be happy, happy, happy. Phil Robertson, Duck Dynasty. That's what it means. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief or a loss, not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows, that's Proverbs 3. For the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet we will sit at his feet. Or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do. Where he sins we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. You see, if you're going to obey the voice of God, you've got to live a lifestyle of trusting Him. And could I tell you today, from the Word of God as well as a personal testimony, you can trust Him. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. I said He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He doesn't want to harm you. He wants to bless you. And yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil, for he is with you. His rod and his staff will comfort you. Amen? So learning to obey, like Jesus taught in Matthew 7, where we obey him and God, and it's like building our house upon the firm foundation. It's an issue of trust. I can trust this rock. You see, you can't trust the sand. But you can trust the rock, Christ Jesus. So it's a lifestyle of trusting. And number two, it's a lifestyle of training. Now, here's the thing. You ever heard this statement, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks? You know, it's kind of true when it comes to Christianity. 
We get in this old rut and we quit learning and growing and allowing God to train us and teach us and we get a little hard and set in our ways and God can't work within us. Could, could I tell you today that if you're going to obey Him, you've got to always be trusting Him and you've always got to be in a place where God can train you and correct you. In fact, Hebrews 12 talks about the correction of God or the chastening of the Lord. That word chastening scares me. How many of you don't, oh, oh my, you ever chastened your kids a little bit? Uh, my dad Daddy was good chasing her. Uh, man, he'd get out that big belt. He goes, pow! And man, I just, oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. Just pop that belt and I'm ready to line up. And it was the correction of God. And he, he was, God was correcting me through my father. And oh, and, and in fact, Hebrews 12 says, none of that seems good at the time. I, I don't know about you. But I've never been over. Man, my, when my dad said bend over, so I just, oh, Lord, that just, bend over. I mean, that, that, that hurt as much as, just, as the pop. I mean, just getting ready, the anticipation. And I've never been over going, man, I'm excited about what this is going to do in my life. The great benefit that's going to come to me because of the correction that I'm receiving today. Thank you, Daddy. Bless God. Never did I do that. I just never did. Never did any of my kids ever do that. And my kids know I learned good from my daddy. Right? They're all serving the Lord in church today. And bringing me grandbabies. Now, when, when we quit yielding to the correction of God in our life, listen, we quit obeying him. You'll quit obeying him. You won't be, if you can't yield to the correction of God and, 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 and just trust him that, hey, this is going to hurt him worse than it hurts you. You ever heard that one? I never did believe that much. Believe me, son, it's going to hurt, hurt me worse than it hurts you. Say, what? You bend over. Let's test that out a little bit. I, I'm not sure I believe that. But understand something, when it comes to the correction of God and the training of God, listen, uh, it, it, it will bless you and move you to a place of being more. In fact, Hebrews 12 says it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness in your life. The blessings of God. And so if you're going to be an obedient Christian, if you're going to embrace what Jesus said was the big oh, exclamation point of discipleship, it's got to be a lifestyle of trusting and a lifestyle of training. And if you quit uh, uh, yielding to the correction of God in your life, guess what? You will, you will, the voice of God will go strangely silent in your life. But if you start trusting him and yielding to the training and the correction of God, and that leads us to the third part of this learning to obey, it's a, life, it's a lifestyle of turning. In fact, Ezekiel 33, you can read this later, verse 10 and 11. Uh, it talks about uh, the, the sins of Israel. And, 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 and basically the prophet says, if you will just turn, turn. Everybody say turn. If you will just turn from this. In fact, it says this about them. They were going, you know, they were caught up in their wickedness and they said, they realized this, how then shall we live? And the prophet said, you just turn from this. You got to turn from this. Listen to me, understand something. There's some things, there's some things in all of us that we've got to turn from. 
If we're going to move under, a, under the banner of God's blessing and come into a lifestyle of obedience to God, there's some things that we've got to turn from and turn to Him. That's what the real word, the word repentance really means. It's turning from this and turning to God to change direction and begin to go in the right direction. Come on, now listen to me carefully. I'm preaching to you good this morning. There's some things that you and I, well, there's some things that you know that are inside of you and there's some things that I know in me that we need to turn from and 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 turn our back on and begin to live the life that God would have us to live. And that's when the banner of blessing begins to be made manifest in our life. You see, if you want to live under the banner of God's blessing, it's a lifestyle of listening and a lifestyle of obeying, which involves trusting and training and turning and correction. There's always a need for a little correction in our life. Let me ask you this. Where's all the wives? Where are all the wives? Wives? Okay, wives, let me ask you this. And guys, hang on. How many of you ladies know, even though you don't want to be a, offend your husband, how many of you know there's some things in your husband that he, he needs to turn from? All right. all right. Guys, how many of you know there's some things in your wives that they need to turn from? You see, you've been wanting to do that all day long anyway. Kids, how many of you know there's some things your parents need to do? Oh, they probably know too. It's a lifestyle where it becomes, where we don't get hard in our ways and say, no, I've made it. Anybody here ever made, anybody made it? Anybody here got the, got the epitome of perfection operating on the inside of you? No, it's a, it's a lifestyle of learning, trusting, training, and turning, and t- correcting, and tweaking who we are. You see, if you, if you stop tweaking who you are, problems will begin to arise on every level. Because listen to me, husbands and wives and fans, the reason y'all are married today, because you just believe somehow they're going to get tweaked. You knew they weren't perfect, but you thought, oh, when we get married and we go to church every day, they're going to change and things are going to happen. And, 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 and you realize, oh, that some of that hadn't happened yet. We've got to live a lifestyle of trusting, training, and turning. If we want to live under the banner of God's blessing in our life, we've got to learn to listen. We've got to learn to obey. And everybody said amen. And when we do that, then we begin to learn how to really live. We learn to live. Under that banner of blessing in our life. That's what the, what the children of Israel said in Ezekiel 33. How then should we live? And so let me give you some, just a couple of thoughts here today. Just those who want to live under the banner of God's blessing. And they're learning to listen and they're learning to obey. They've got to learn to live. I want to give you two thoughts. Uh, and, and that is this. We, number one, we've got, to, we've got to live to bless God. If you want to live under the banner of God's blessing, you and I have got to learn to live under the banner of the blessings of God in our life. We've got to live to bless God. And that's what Psalm 103 says. What did the psalmist say? He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who heals our diseases, who who takes care of our sins and problems. What was David saying? He said, the focus of my life is to bless him. The problem with America is we just want to live under the blessing, but we don't want to bless the blessor. Let me just 
just get right down in your business. Let me get in your Kool-Aid, as Ms. Steve would say, just for a minute. Let me just say, let, let's, just go, let's just look at our hearts for a minute. And you look on the inside. Let me tell you, most people live to find the blessing. Church people, hey. Christian folk, if the truth were known, the focus of your life is not to bless God, but to get the blessing. And we live life to be blessed. And oh, we listen to some preaching that just says, oh, hey, you do this, God's going to bless you. In fact, some of you, when you heard this title, oh, the blessed life, oh man, I'm going to be blessed, blessed, blessed. And I just tickled that selfish mindset. Hey, God wants to bless his kids, but understand what God said to Abraham in, in Genesis 12. He said, listen, here's why I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. We've got to live to bless God. But most people don't live to bless God. They live to be blessed. And we spend all our time, energy, and effort, listen, to get the blessing. But the way we've got to live, hey, if you want to live under the banner of God's blessing, you've got to live to bless God. And that be the focus of your life. And if, and if his greatest blessing comes from you going to Africa and being a missionary for the rest of your life, then hallelujah. Because that's where he believes you get, he gets the greatest glory out of you. And by the way, my missionary friends around the world, my friends David and Jennifer Hatley, OMG. Done more for the kingdom than most highfalutin preachers and teachers and missionaries, just a car parts salesman, transform nations. Because one day, a couple of years after he's born again, he says, I'm going to Africa and be a missionary. I said, say what? I'm glad I didn't talk him out of it. I tried. We just built a church. We're building a church right now where they first started over 25 years ago. In just a few weeks, we'll be there dedicating it. Thousands of people's lives have been changed because David and Jennifer Hatley said, we want to live our life to bless God. Now, you may be able to do that right where you are, but I want to tell you something. If where you are today keeps you from being a blessing to God, you might be in the wrong place. Or maybe we just need a mind shift in our own, in our, in our understanding. I'm here today not to be blessed, but to be a blessing and to bless God. That's how I want to live. I want my life to bless God. In fact, that's what Psalms 1 said. Uh, uh, it, it, he said, David said this. He's, when reference to the blessing of God, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law doth he meditate day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water, which yields its fruit and in its season. What's he saying? Hey, if you, the, the man that's blessed is a man that's living his life to bless God. Amen. So we got to live to bless God. And number two, listen to this. We got to live to bless others. You see, it's not about you. 
And if you're going to live under the banner of God's blessing, it requires that we live to bless others. Now, catch this. Genesis 12, 1 and 2, I alluded to it. You read it later. Abraham is moving into the, the call of God for his life. And God speaks to him. Who Abraham's the father of our faith. That's, in other words, this is how, what we've got to embrace if we're going to be men and women of faith. And it says this about Abraham. That he said, I'm going to bless you. And let me just say, when you get blessed by God, you are blessed. He said, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, but here's why I'm going to bless you. So you can be a blessing. I've got a friend in Tyler, Texas, who is, is on the warpath for the blessing of God so he can bless the nations of the world. And I'm praying that he arrives because I'm one of the first in line to receive the residual benefit of his blessing. He wants to drill water wells all over the world. So I'm praying, Lord, let him be blessed because he wants to be a blessing. Well, we've got to live to bless God. We've got to live to bless others. Now, catch this phrase. Hear it. If you're going to live the blessed life, you must learn to live the invest life. If you're going to be blessed, you've got to invest. Everybody say, if I'm going to be blessed... I've got to invest. Now, listen carefully to me because you don't invest a little portion of your life. It's all or Some people want to invest a little of their life and expect God to give them all of the blessing of God. No, if you want to live the, if you want to get back under the banner of the blessing of God, you've got to realize, hey, it's all in, man. I'm all into I, I'm going to do everything I'm giving everything I am and all that I am and whatever you it's all for you it's all nothing belongs to me it all belongs to you Amen. and I'm going to live my life to bless you and bless others now it's the invest life and that investing of our life the totality of who we are let me break it down somebody said break it down pastor let me break it down for you. It's a lifestyle of investing, number one, our time. Everybody say, my time. One of the first things the disciples had to realize if they're going to follow Jesus and move back under the banner of his blessing for their life, they had to spend time. Tick tock, tick tock. For it says in Mark, it says the first thing that he, he called them to do is just be with him and then to preach the gospel. You see, that's the priority. I got, it takes time. Well, I try my best, Pastor, to be here once in a while. I'm not talking about just your time at church on Sunday morning, though that's a part of it. Man, it comes to a place in our life where we've got to realize, man, my time is sacred to God. In fact, what did Paul say? We redeem the time for the days are evil. You see, you can't get back yesterday. You can't go back and get it. You just got to make the most of the time God gives you today. And listen carefully, if you want to live under the banner of God's blessing and you want to live a, a, a life to bless him and bless others, it's going to take time. Time away from you. Oh, that's right. Time away from our selfish mindset of thinking it's all about me. It's not all about me. It's about others. And it's going to take time to invest our life in others. Amen. 
You see, a lifestyle of blessing others is a lifestyle of investing our time. Number two, it's a lifestyle of investing our talents. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, As each of you have received a gift, speaking of our talents, so minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So we invest our time and we invest our talents into being a blessing to the body of Christ. In fact, under, let me ask you, where, where do you spend most of your time? Where do you spend your extra time? Extra time? Where do you expend your talents? You know, there's a lot of great endeavors in the world. But the greatest endeavor you'll invest your time and your talent in is the kingdom of God. Amen? The ministry of God over your life. The call of God over your life. We invest. Hey, if you're going to live the blessed life, you've got to live the invest life. We invest our time, our talents. And number three, we invest our treasure. And you know good and well if you've been around here a long time that the, we, we, we speak clearly the principles of sowing and reaping. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 talks about uh, th- that if you want to uh, be blessed, you've got to give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. In fact, the old Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord. See if I'll not open the windows of heaven and catch it. Pour you out a blessing. Listen, for for those who are fearful of tithing, you are fearful of the blessing of God over your life. You're at a place where you don't know if you can trust him. But I'm here to tell you, if you can trust him with your eternity, for goodness sake, you can trust him with the temporal things of this life, talking about dollars and cents. And if you're going to live a life that blesses him, you've got to bless others. It's, you, you invest your time, your talents, and your treasure. And when you do, he begins to pour you out a blessing. I'm not talking about mercy drops. Hey, go back to Isaiah Uh, What did he say? The blessings, if you just listen and begin to obey, the blessings will hit you like a river that never runs dry. Like the the ocean that hits the seashore over and over the waves of the seashore. It's when you trust him and you begin to obey him that the blessings of God are released. Not just in money, but in things that money can never buy. Amen. Amen. And let me throw one out for you. We invest not only our time and our talents and our treasure, but we invest our trouble. Our trouble? Let me show you this. Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians, pardon me, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 said this. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. I love it. He's the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation. And why? That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. 
Did you know God never wants to waste a hurt in your life? Some of you have been hurt. Look, you want to you see something amazing? Watch this. Has anyone here in this room ever been hurt deeply? Raise your hand. God doesn't want to waste that hurt. He wants to use it for His glory. You see, He can turn your pain into a plate of great, great blessing for other people. Some of you are so traumatized by your past pains that you try to forget them because you know, oh man, those things were painful. You know why you're still at that place? You had not got healed yet. You know, if you're not healed, that means you're not em- embracing the power of God in your life and the comfort of God in your life to get you past your past to a place where other people can benefit from what Christ has done in your life so you can be a blessing. See, I found some people that won't bless God or others because of their pain. But then I found others, they bless God and others in spite of their pain. He doesn't want to waste a hurt in your life. You see, to live under the banner of God's blessing requires that we listen to His voice and begin to obey Him. Follow after Him and then begin to bless Him and live a life of blessing to God and blessing to others. And when you do, it's an amazing thing. The law of God comes into play. You just, it just comes back to you. In fact, The Bible says, cast your bread upon the waters and after many days, it'll come back to you. I told somebody this the other day. In fact, I said, I'm a blessed man. I said, you could take everything I have away from me. Take away my houses. Take away my goods. And if you just give me my family, I'm a blessed man. I pick up little Gideon. And you know what I think, based upon what I know, based upon who God is? Josh and Laura, Brent and Stacy. Will they ever have to track down their kids? And praying and hoping against hope that they come out of some dark place in their life. Because the blessing of God is generational. And I know they're doing everything in their power to raise their kids in an atmosphere of living under the banner of God's blessing in their life. I'm a blessed man. And my Bible tells me one one day my kids will rise up and my grandkids will rise up and call me blessed. Just like they'll call Beverly blessed. I'm still learning to live there. But I'm endeavoring to be teachable and yielded to the governance of God in my life. How shall we live? I'm going to live to bless God and bless others.
In fact, when I come to the close of my life, whenever that may be, you know what one of my goals is? For people from all over the world say, I knew that man, he was a blessing. He blessed our church. You say, well, should, should you live like, absolutely. I want to be a blessing to people so they can learn how to be blessed and bless others. Amen. Let's stand together today. You see, we've got to obey Him. May it not be said of you and may it not be said of me that we live to bless ourselves but that we live to bless God and others. I want to close today by reading you an excerpt from this book that we're going to be going through in our small groups called Radical. It kind of says it in a way that we all need to embrace. He says this, if you were to ask the average Christian sitting in a worship service on Sunday morning to summarize the message of Christianity, you would likely hear something along the lines of, well, the message of Christianity is that God loves me. Or someone might say the message of Christianity is that God loves me enough to send His Son Jesus to die for me. As wonderful as this sentiment sounds, is it biblical? Isn't it incomplete based on what we have seen in the Bible? God loves me is not the essence of biblical Christianity. Because if God loves me is the message of Christianity, then who is the object of Christianity? God loves me. Me. Christianity's object is me. Therefore, when I look for a church, I look for the music that best benefits me and the programs that best cater to me and my family. When I make plans for my life and career, it's about what works best for me and my family. When I consider the house I will live in, the car I will drive, the clothes I will wear, the way I will live, I will choose according to what is best for me. This is the version of Christianity that largely prevails in our culture, but it is not biblical Christianity. The message of biblical Christianity is not God loves me, period as if we were the object of our own faith. The message of biblical Christianity is that God loves me so that I might make Him, His ways, His salvation, His glory, and His greatness known among all nations. Now God is the object of our faith and Christianity centers around Him. We are not the end of the gospel. God is. Amen. Woo! know him and make him known today is a great day it's a great day because people are being baptized it's a great day because people are worshiping God it's a great day because people are endeavoring to hear and then obey now here's what I've always heard and what I've always experienced when God begins to teach me something there's always a test this week let me just proclaim it over your life you're going to have a great opportunity to obey Him this week. And it's going to be profound in your midst. You're going to realize, oh, 
OMG, here's Pastor Sam's prophetic word. It's coming to me. This is my moment. Do I obey him and trust him? Or do I slip away and build my life on the sand? This week is a week where we can really begin to trust him and obey him like never before. I don't know what arena that's going to be made manifest in your life, but I guarantee you this week, you're going to see it and you're going to experience it and you're going to hear uh, these words and see a vision of me going, Here's the, the, here it is. Here's your chance to obey. To learn to follow Him and get your family back under the banner of God's blessing for your life. Amen. Everybody love the Lord. Say amen. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come make their way across this foyer, or pardon me, across the altar here this morning. If you're a member of our prayer team, just scatter out as we close today. I want to invite you, if you need prayer for any reason, if you didn't have the opportunity to uh, plug in with our prayer ministers earlier in our worship service, they're here for you. Also, if you're here today and you're searching for a church home and, and you are beginning to hear the voice of God speak to you, say, this is where you need to plug in and get involved, then you've got to do what? You've got to obey that word. Because when you obey, blessings are released. And you think, well, I don't need a church home. Well, you're just living in disobedience. You do need a church home. Look at your neighbor and say, we all need a church home. We're not cruismatics. In fact, listen, you know what a cruismatic does to God? Somebody cruises here, cruises there. You know, what it, you, know, you know what it does to you? It keeps you from being committed to anybody. You're just running around on Jesus and His will for your life. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because God has a family for us to plug into. It may not be this family, but if it is this family and you're just hitting there and everywhere, you're, you're being unfaithful to God and His church and not committed anywhere. And you say, Pastor, that's kind of hard words to get people to join the church. It's reality. Amen? So I want to encourage you with a real word of encouragement that if you plug in and get involved with your local church and begin to uh, uh, grow in Christ, guess what will happen? Blessings will begin to be released in you. Amen? Because the church is here to be a blessing and to be blessed. So if you need a church home, I encourage you to follow through with that. These folks here will pray with you, give you some information about your new church family, and it's going to be a great time. Now, that, now this Wednesday night, I'm going to be finishing up our series, Dress for Success. We're going to be talking about prayer Wednesday night and about praying for the nations of the world and really becoming the kind of prayer warrior that God would have us to be. I'm going to, I'm going to be teaching myself and preaching to myself because I need a tweaking in this area. Be here Wednesday night. It's going to be great. And then the next Wednesday, we start uh, our series, Radical. Get your book today. Get a head start. It's going to be radical around here. God bless each and every one of you. We're going to count to three and we're going to shout hallelujah. Count with me. Everybody. One, two, three. Hallelujah. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night right here at Church on the Rock. Amen.